You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Jesus, we're grateful. I'm grateful that that you're present with us today. And Lord, I pray that as we just take a glimpse over the next few weeks into the greatness of who you are and the greatness of creation and what you've done and how you've created uh, the greatest of all things, but even down to the smallest minute things. Lord, may you expand our understanding of just how great you are today. And we pray all this in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. So uh, the greatness of God, that's kind of where, uh, that's, that's what I've titled this uh, next four weeks. The greatness of God looking at the heavens declaring the glory of the Lord. Uh, in Psalm 19, uh, the, the psalmist writes, and this is David, if you got your Bible, if you don't, we're going to, I'll read it to you. But Psalm 19 talks about how great is our God. And uh, when I was in college, I, I became... Uh, I was a pre-med major in college, and so I had a lot of these science classes, a lot of these types of things that I would hear all about, you know, the body and this and that and the other and how great the body was. And then sometimes there was an acknowledgement that God actually had something to do with that, and other times there wasn't. And uh, so I became really fascinated with just how great God is. I was a believer in college, and so I started looking at what is... Just how great is God? Not only in the universe, but then in our own, uh, who we are. And so today, uh, or over the next few weeks, I want to go from, we might do some broad sweeps from large to small, back to large, back to small, and looking at just the greatness of God. But I want to kind of frame what we're looking at over the next few weeks in Psalm 19. Psalm 19 is from the Psalm, uh, David is the psalmist here, and he writes in verse 1, The heavens declare the glory of God. And the sky above proclaims its handiwork. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the skies above proclaim his handiwork. And then if you go to the end of Psalm 19. So David talks about God and he talks about the greatness of God. He talks about the law of God being perfect. And how, uh, how the testimony of the Lord is sure and true. And then at the very end of that Psalm in verse 14. He says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. If you frame that psalm of David starting off with the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork and then let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O God. It's hard not to connect those dots when you see when David starts off and saying, let's praise God for everything that we see and everything that we can't see. And then may the words of my mouth also do the praising. May the words of my mouth proclaim his greatness and how good he is in the same way that the heavens declare the glory of God. Let me, let let the handiwork of God, the human being that is the image of God, also proclaim his handiwork. And so that's kind of our umbrella as we're going to dive in a little bit and if i'm I'm a little nerdy on this one i'm going to be just up front with you there's some science astronomy things that i'm a little nerdy with but i love it and i'm not trying to give you something to play on any kind of emotion but but just the magnitude of some of the things that i want to show you over the next few weeks i hope you'll stand in amazement of just how big god is because oftentimes i think that we put god in a little box And we think God is big, but he can't be that big. He's not quite that great. 
And I want to I want to see if we can just blow our minds up and see how big and how great God is. So the first thing I want to look at is Genesis, uh, all the way back to Genesis and the creation story when God created in Genesis chapter one. Uh, and I want to read just bits and pieces. of it. I won't read the whole Genesis account, but a little bit of it. So in verse uh, one through eight, this is the first two days of God creating. And then I want to skip to day four of God creating, because this is where he talks about the expanse and the universe and all these things, which is where we're going to go. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Now that doesn't seem like too much for us, because it's in just a few verses. But a lot happened in the first day. A lot happened because it was just a, a formless place. It was formless and void, it says. And yet God then spoke, and heaven and earth came to being. It came into existence. And then as if that wasn't enough, then we get day two, which picks up in verse six. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters. And there were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning on the second day. Now, all this is God creating, and he hasn't yet lifted a finger. He's only spoken into existence. He's created the earth. The Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters, the Scriptures say. It spoke light where there was only darkness. And so light came into existence. And then, uh, if you skip on over then to verse 14, we get to day 4. And God said, and this is not to say that, that day three was not cool too. They're all good. They're all good things. But, but we're going somewhere here. Day four. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let there be signs and seasons for the days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule over the day and the lesser to rule over the night. And the stars. I love how he just says that. And the stars. We're going to get to that in just a minute. And the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heaven to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning on the fourth day. When it comes to the greatness of God, we see, so we've got the expanse, we've got lights in the expanse separating day and night. you got light in the expanse from heaven to give light upon the earth. And then there's that one little phrase, and the stars, and the stars. That's where I want to kind of hone in this morning, and the stars. When it comes to the greatness of God, for me, I don't know about you, but it's hard for me sometimes to comprehend this Genesis story and then I step outside when I step outside and I can only see with my eyes and maybe I have a telescope and maybe I can see some stars up close and I look around and go, that's really big and that's really great. But what I can't comprehend is when it says he created everything, all of it, the expanse of the earth, everything outside of the earth, the heavens, the stars, 
the universe, everything was created by God and He spoke it into existence. I want to show you one thing that just blows my mind every time I see it. We have something in our universe called the Darling of Astronomy. Have you ever heard of the Darling of Astronomy? It's called the Whirlpool Galaxy. It looks a little like that. It's a huge, and now this, this picture doesn't do it justice, of course, but this is a, a massive expanse. The Whirlpool Galaxy is sitting exactly perpendicular to us on Earth. You can see it with a telescope, a really powerful one. You can see images of it. There's tons of images of it. But it's sitting 31 million light years away from where we're sitting today. That right there, 31 million light years away. Now think about the Genesis story. And God spoke heavens and the expanse into being. That appeared too. Not just the earth that we live on, but the things that we can't quite comprehend. Where is, where is that? 31 million light years away. In other words, when God opened His mouth, light came out of the mouth of God traveling 1,086 miles per second, the speed of light, and therefore a light year was created 5.8 trillion miles away. What a crazy thing to think about. That we are, we, we're not alone, right? We got, we got so many things out there that we can't see that our little universe, our earth, is just a portion of that. You know what's really cool about this? Is that if you continue to look at and, and you can navigate around the Hubble telescope and NASA and all these kinds of things where they, they start talking about the universe and the expanse of the universe, we can't quite grasp it because we got to get outside of the tape measure. And we got to get outside of the yardstick and even the mile to begin to understand just how great the expanse was that God spoke into existence. And, and again, it's that passing verse in verse 16, and the stars. <laughs> There's the stars. I mean, we got so many stars, we can't even count them. They're so far out that we can't even fathom. Some of them so far out that we can't grasp. In the galaxy, the whirlpool, there are more than 30 billion stars oh, excuse me 300 billion stars missed a zero there 300 billion stars and there are more than a hundred galaxies in the universe this is just one of them the whirlpool galaxy then god the god we sing to the god we serve the god who loves his people and loves the people of birmingham and beyond is the same god who created these things What's really awesome is it this to further grasp this concept to show you another picture that was taken by the Hubble telescope. The image that you're about to see is one that Hubble was able to get inside the galaxy where there was a black hole at the core of the Whirlpool galaxy, some 31 million light years away. It's on the NASA website, so I promise you I'm not about to Photoshop something for you that you're going to see, but it will blow your mind as to what they saw inside this black hole. You see that? There's a cross in the midst of that. So when you think about the heavens and earth being created, you think about God going, I'm going to put this right here. I'm going to stick this in here just to remind them. 
And it hadn't even happened yet, but I know everything and I know what's going to have to happen. And so I'm going to go ahead and put it in there. And then eventually somebody's going to see this because technology is going to get there and I'm God and I know that. And so they're going to take a picture of this and then they're going to go, oh, wow. Maybe God had something to do with this. Not just a maybe. He had his finger all over that. The second thing that, we, that, that blows my mind, and because we have a shorter time today, we went a little longer, so we won't talk as much about some of these things. But the second thing that blows my mind is the photo of the sun. You thought about the sun before? The earth versus the sun? The sun is actually the only sun in our, or the only star in our solar system. Did you know that? So when you look out, you see other stars. They're all outside our solar, but we got our very own, and he looks like that. He's a big, massive ball of gas and fire. And that's our sun. That's the Earth's sun. We can claim that one all our own. He's ours. Um, and God created that. And this creation that God made is 15 million degrees Celsius at its very core. And that God, when He created the heavens and the earth, the expanse of the earth, He said, I'm going to put a sun on the earth and I'm going to give it their very own star, but I've got to place it perfect so that it doesn't torch the people of the earth, but also perfect so they don't freeze to death. And so I'm going to put it right where it needs to be. And I'm going to create it and it's going to be huge and it's going to be massive and it's going to be theirs. We're going to see an image here in just a few minutes of what, it, what the earth looks like in comparison to the sun. Without it, there'd be no life on earth. It's 93 million miles away from us, though. So God did the calculations and said, I think we've got to go 93 million miles, not 93.1. Let's go 93. That should do it. That'll take care of life on earth, and that'll give them the heat that they need. That'll give them the coolness that they need. And here's another little picture as we zoom in on it a little bit. So you start to see just how great God is, how awesome he was in, uh, in creating this. I'm going to do a little escape here and get out of this. I want to show you just how, well, maybe my computer's been silly here lately. I'm going to show you just what the sun looks like um, in comparison to the earth. There might be a little music with this one too. Oh, look at there, there is. Um, whoop. Let's turn that down. Maybe. Yeah, there we go. I don't want it to be that loud. Can you see that up there? Right here's the earth. There we are. You see how big that is? <laughs> you can barely see it. If we if we go one more. There we are. There's Earth. We're, 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 we're perfectly placed. God, when He created the heavens and the earth and the sun and the stars, and this was that, this is that verse 16, and the stars. He was thinking about that. And He created this in an expanse. And so I want to back it up just a little bit and think about, what does this do for us? And we'll see this image again in a little while, uh, later on down the class. But I want to back it up and I want to put it in perspective one more time for you. So that you've seen Earth, 
You've seen the stars, uh, a few of the stars. You've seen the Milky Way galaxy, the darling of the of astronomy, and God placing them all. Now I want you to think about it again as you as I read this. And God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and He separated the light from the darkness. And He called the light day, and the darkness He called night. And there was evening and there was morning. And then in verse 14, Let there be light in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for us signs for seasons and for days and years. Think about that. Signs and season and days for years was, again, I'm going to put the sun about 93 million miles away. And in some seasons, it's going to be warm, like July in Alabama right now. It's going to be real hot. But in other seasons, this earth is going to spin just exactly as it needs to spin. And you're going to spin a little bit further away from the warmth of the sun. And you're going to experience fall, and winter, and spring. And let them be signs for the season and for the days of the year. And let them be light in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. He just spoke it. I'll put it in perspective of our own life for just a minute. Because if we want to umbrella this, right, in Psalm 19, let the meditation, let the, let the praises and the meditations of my mouth be acceptable and pleasing to you, O God. Think about what that looks like. That if he can do this, and he can put the earth exactly where it needs to go so that we don't blow into flames today. And yet sometimes we have our own issues, right? We have our things that go on. Psalm 19, David, in the middle of the part that we skipped over, David starts talking a little bit about what God does and how great God is. He said, day to day pours out speech, night to night reveals knowledge. There's no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. I'm going to turn this down a little bit more. In them he set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, like the strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the earth, of the heavens, its circuit to the end of them, and there's nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reveal, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of God are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired than any gold or fine gold, sweeter than honey that's dripping from the comb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned in keeping them there is great reward. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. What a beautiful thing to think about. See, we I, I don't know about you, but I, I get into a place sometimes where I go, gosh, nothing seems to be going right right now. Life gets hard sometimes. You know, I've got, I've got three boys, and sometimes they do things that 
that I go, uh, we, we studied, speaking of science and a little tangent here, my oldest son studying science, he was studying the brain last year, and he said, Dad, did you know that teenage boys don't have a developed frontal lobe? <laughs> he, I said, yeah, what does that mean for you? And he said, it means sometimes I'm going to do some pretty dumb things and I can blame it on my frontal lobe. <laughs> and so the joke in our house has always been, uh, you know, when he does something, I'm like, hey, I'm going to need you to engage that frontal lobe a little more right now because this is not a very smart thing you're about to do. Uh, but I think about those things and I think about, God, how could you, how, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to get through this craziness? How am I going to get through this chaos? And then I back up and I see, and the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. And that you put a, a galaxy some 31 million miles away that is exactly perpendicular to us. Let's see if I can back up a little bit. So there's our sun again. This right here is a, another picture of the sun looking at us from a different, a little further out, something that we can actually see in the sun. And then you can see all around this. So think about this, the sun being 91 or 93 million miles away. And then in the midst of the sun, what's so fascinating about God is that when he said, and the stars, he stuck them all out there with the sun and said, the sun's going to be this far away. But then these stars, they're going to be miles away. <laughs> miles and miles away. And this one, actually, I've spoke wrongly. This is actually not our sun. This is a cool star that I like to call Betelgeuse. It's called Betelgeuse, actually, is the name of it in the, in the astronomy. What's so amazing about this um, star is that it's... It's not even one of the biggest ones, but it's one of the brightest ones. It's 427 light years away from us. Its diameter is twice the size of Earth's orbit around the sun. The diameter, think about that for a minute, is twice the size of the Earth's. So by the time the Earth orbits around the sun, that's half of this star. Got to go all around again. And then you've got the size of this star. If the earth, and I love to use this, and I should have brought this with me and I'll do it next week because we're going to use this reference a lot. But if you think about a golf ball, it's about that big, right? Think about the size of a golf ball. To put it in perspective, I told you, we don't need the yardstick or the mile anymore. We're going to have to start getting out. We're going to have to start using light years to really comprehend the size of how big God is and how great the expanse of the earth is. If the earth were the size of a golf ball, just hold that up right there. That's the equivalent of to the height of six Empire State Buildings. 262 trillion Earths could fit inside this star. 262 trillion. So, golf ball. If the golf ball was the size of the Earth, Betelgeuse, Betelgeuse over here, we'd have to stick 262 trillion golf balls inside that our earth that exists that god said i'm going to create the heavens and the earth and i'm going to put people on and i'm going to create people and i'm going to make them in my image our little earth is one of the smaller ones out there we're pretty tiny compared to what god can do it's enough golf balls to fit inside the superdome three thousand times 
Damn. We're starting to blow our brains out. Right? Whoa, what is going on here? How can God do something so great and so big and so powerful? Not only did he put it so far away, but then he said, I'm going to make it so large that you can't even imagine how big this is going to be. So when it says in Genesis, he created the expanse of the earth, or the expanses of the heavens, 3,000 times you can fill the Superdome. That's how big it is. Thoughts before we go any further? It's basing this all on just what we know now. That's right. Yeah. Think about what the difference is of what we know about the galaxy from when we were born to now. Yeah. Yeah. 20 years from now. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh, there are some. Ma- we're going to see some massive ones in here, uh, and and I'll stop at some of the bigger ones. But there's some that we haven't even tapped into yet, that are so far out there. I mean, you got to think about if this is 427 light years away, we know about it. We can take some pretty good pictures of it. We got some pretty powerful, powerful images of it. NASA can get get out there with some Hubble telescope type things and see some of these things. Um, but there's some that are so far out. Um, I mean, I couldn't help but thinking how amazing it is that that we've learned, you know, that we figured out how much we figured out. And then I kind of had to laugh to myself to think, but but we're just figuring it out. God did all of it. I mean, how just the comparison of yeah God and then and then us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we're so awesome because we learned all this. Yeah. Spoiler alert, at the end we'll kind of do some comparison about what that means, how that how if this is what God can do, think about what He's done in us. And um and how important we are um as images of God. Yeah. Yeah. Got what time for one more maybe? Um this one right here. Let's see, I think I got... Oh, nope, let's go back. There's Beetlejuice, by the way. That's a different... So, there's the galaxy. There he is, way out there in the galaxy. Uh, so, if you think about that, that's what he looks like if you were to take a picture of him up close. Put him in the concept of the expanse of the heavens and the earth, and he's just a little bitty guy right out there. But again... 427 trillion Earths can go into this. So, um, again, we got to get outside of our, our thoughts. So, the next thing I'd show you, talking about millions, so, I don't know about you, when I get into, my kids make up these numbers all the time. It's so funny. You know, Elliot, my youngest, will say, let's pick a number between infinity, gazillion, million, trillion, bazillion. I'm like, there is, I don't have a clue what you just said, but um, and, and it's so funny. We'll pick a number and I'll go one. He's like, hey, that was my number. Um, and so uh, it, I, it's the joke in our family. He always, whatever number I, dad says, that was, oh, that was my number. Um, and he could have picked the largest number, but a million. It has six zeros, right? So we're 93 million miles away. That's the sun. Billion. We've got a thousand millions in a billion. A trillion, you've got a thousand billions 
in a trillion. So 427 trillion Earths inside of Betelgeuse. We're going to have to get to quadrillion because we got to go bigger. We got to really expand how big God is. Quadrillion is 1,000 trillions. Tracking with me so far? Yeah, that's a big number. That's a lot of zeros. I think it's like 27 zeros, if I remember right, something along that, that line. Um, so here's another way to think about it. If we're thinking about how far away some of these things are, a million seconds ago was 12 days. Okay, not too far away, right? A million seconds. A billion seconds ago, January 1989, approximately. Let's see, we're in the ball field anyway. It's hard to figure that one out. A trillion seconds ago, now we're really starting to get somewhere. 27,000 BC, approximately. Trillion seconds ago. A quadrillion seconds ago? 30,800,000 years ago. That's a long time. Now we're about to see quadrillion in action. So keep this in mind. This is how big, this is 1,000 trillions is a quadrillion. Here's another beautiful star out in the galaxy. There was our Earth again. I already did that one. Oh, oh don't do that one yet. Um, so looking at this star, actually, let's go here. Let me stop there for just a minute because we're about to run out of time and I don't want to get to the next one because I'm going to run out of time before I have time to talk about the next one, which is that one, which you'll see it next week. All right. Uh, so teaser alert. Hey, we'll talk about that next week. Um, any thoughts on million, billion, trillion, quadrillion? You see how big we're getting, how, how massive we are. We're going to see a star in a little while uh, that is... Um, that, that we can put approximately 100 quadrillion Earths inside of. That's how big we're about to go. Uh, that's massive. And again, framing it, so I want to frame it each and every time we gather together, looking at the greatness of God, thinking about the heavens declare the glory of God. And so when you walk out tonight and you see the stars and you look up, and you go, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Just step back for a minute. Realize there's so much more I can't even see. <laughs> there's so much that I can look at, but then there's so many that I can... I mean, Beetlejuice to the naked eye looks like a pin uh, tip. And yet it's so much larger than we can think about. So we're going to dive in deeper. That's kind of this is kind of the intro. We're just kind of scratching the surface here of the heavens declare the glory of the Lord, and then looking at the human body of how God declares His own glory through us and what He is doing in and through us as He created heaven and earth. That's where I want to go. So, any questions, thoughts before we close up? Just one. Yep. Um, as we look at that and think about our Lord. Sure. I mean, that there's a lot of unknowns there, obviously. That um, 
I have always said when it comes to those types of things, um, I don't know because we have not seen or discovered, but I do know that if they're there, God absolutely knows about them. Yeah. And I don't, I, I mean, I have no idea. I have no idea if there are little aliens running around somewhere. Who knows? I have no idea what they would even look like. I don't, I can't conceive of that. I certainly see your point in saying the universe is so much larger and greater than we can ever imagine. And if God can speak this into existence, he can certainly speak life somewhere else. And then if he did... Does he know about them, but he also would have created... That's right. And he would have created a redemption plan for them as well. Think about that one. Isaiah, as far as the heavens are above the earth, so my ways are above your ways. By quoting it wrong, but that gives an appreciation for that Mm -hmm. verse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll come back next week. We're going to look at uh, probably about five or six more big stars and kind of get some understanding of what the stars are, keeping it in perspective of uh, where we are. Uh, I'll bring a golf ball next week so that we can really visualize what this golf, because we're going to use that image a lot, how many golf balls can actually fit inside of these particular stars and make sure that we understand just how big they are and how small we are. And then we'll come again full circle back around towards the end and think about just how much God loves us. Um, which is pretty fascinating to me. So let me pray for us. And uh, for some you headed home, some are headed into worship. So, Father, we're grateful, grateful for just how big your universe is. I'm grateful for these, these stars that we've seen this morning, even as we just scratched the surface of the, the sun and Betelgeuse and, and various other Milky Ways. Uh, Lord, help us as we look at these concepts of the expanse of the earth and exploring just how great you are. May we see the greatness of you in our own lives today as well. That you would transform our hearts and minds as we, especially as we come from worship or enter into worship, that we could understand uh, that we are indeed worshiping a magnificent God who is so much greater than we can fathom. So thank you for that. Thank you as you um, open our hearts and minds to more of what you have in store for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.